everyone welcome to today's podcast and part three of the bike park series where we are talking about bike park lingo as well as some features that you can encounter out on the bike park uh, so we're going to discuss everything from the trailside chad to doomage and send it and then we're going to transition over to the green trail blue trail and black trail features as well as how and if you can session a trail at a bike park. So stick around, let us know what y'all think and um, leave us a comment below. Hello and welcome everyone to the Women's MTB Network podcast. I'm Mia and I'm gonna be your host. Our podcasts are about sharing information on all things mountain bikes from a woman's perspective. We'll be talking about bikes, components, gear, upcoming events, coaching, and much, much more. Our goal is to connect women from across the globe and inspire folks to ride, regardless of age or skill level. We'll have guests from all over the world with all types of backgrounds and different riding styles. So get comfy and be inspired to ride. It works. Hello, hello. How are you guys today? Hello. <laughs> Hi. Becca's coming to visit me next month. Yay. I'm so excited. Going to now I know we need to get Brit out here now. Come on, Brit. I know. Yes. I'm working on it. <laughs> um, thanks everyone for joining us today. We are trying to get through part, but this is going to be part three of the series that we're talking about for um, bike park basics. And today what we're, what we're going to do is talk about getting comfortable on the trail, getting comfortable at the bike park. You know, you've got your gear, you've got your bike, you know how to read the maps, you know, all of the things. <laughs> so some of the things that I wanted to discuss with y'all today was like the downhill lingo, you know, types of features you come across at the bike park. If you want to do some sessioning, um, clipless or flats, that's a whole debate we could go on for like days. Yeah. Um, but you know, little things like that. So I know like one of the things I've learned from Becca recently, the coolest like little lingo that I found is the trailside <laughs> chat. So for y'all who don't know, Becca <laughs> is half of the girls pull up, not out Instagram page and hey, her hey, Carly's part two. I just want to, yeah. I want to say, Hey Carly, <laughs> Carly and Becca are freaking hilarious. And one of the things I love that you guys did is the trail side chat to me. That's like downhill lingo. Now I think yeah. we should make that like an actual thing. <laughs> it has kind of turned into that. Yeah, it kind of has. And it's funny, like uh, it, it started with just kind of like, and Britt, I know you can, you as a woman writer, I feel like everyone can attest to this. It's kind of like that random guy that nobody asked is going to just give you that feedback that you didn't, you did, you, you didn't ask for. And yeah. it, it might, I have, I have nothing but respect for everyone that I've, I've encountered in the mountain bike scene at parks. I, I have had a great experience. So while I think everyone has the best intentions, it comes yeah. across as very mansplaining, and it, that's the that's the the new name for them is the trailside Chad. So you might be in the middle of something we're going to discuss in a little bit. You might be in the middle of sessioning something that you've hit a hundred times. Some random guy is going to roll up and be like, "Oh, what you want to do is actually," and it's like, <laughs> I didn't ask, but thank you. You're like, <laughs> shut up, Chad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. on that note, what are some other downhill lingos that you guys could tell us, tell us about? You know, one that I see all the time on social media, cause I follow a lot of pro riders and a lot of them are European or British, especially, or like Welsh. Yeah. Um, and they always say like gutted. 
And I always thought that was like a bad thing. Turns out I'm pretty sure that it's not a bad thing. I think it's like a good thing. <laughs> gutted. We should Google that. What does gutted mean in like British European slang, I guess? Yeah. So they that... would like use it in reference to like, you know, a downhill race or something. Like, oh, I was so gutted. And I'm like, oh man, they must have done terribly. But I think you know, he did great. <laughs> On that same note, I, I've um, connected with a lot of like epic women writers in Australia and New Zealand, and a big thing it seems there is frothing. So when you say you're like oh, Mia, you're Australian, is this accurate? That's I'm not, not sure. Maybe this is a is this like a Kiwi thing? I'm not sure. But like I'm frothing. It's like kind of I'm ready to go. Like I'm I'm chomping at the bit. I don't know. I like it's like. That's weird. To me, yeah, I was like, what is frothing? Can someone explain? And they're like, it's very, it's like you're excited, you can't wait, you're ready to go. So I've seen that a little bit more now in some of the pro writers, but I think I'm more like just keen to looking at it. Might maybe not as common. So yeah, there are two things not as common, but everyone knows the big ones, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Send it, you gotta send it. Yeah. And I feel like that's the yeah. the most universal horrible horrible advice is send it <laughs> like there is yeah, there yeah. is nothing more universally um probably inappropriate for someone that is truly trying to learn how to ride a feature yes. or a trail or, or or hone in on a skill and you're asking for feedback or you're practicing things that you know how to do better whatever and someone just gives you the insight of just send it and it's or the other one is just lean back and that's yes. like, I know we're kind of deviating from slang right now, but we're talking about like bad, we'll talk about bad habits, I guess. But that's another one. Do you guys, have you guys heard uh, or watch any of Sam Pilgrim's stuff? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, he's got like, he's got, like three teeth. I love that dude. I love it. <laughs> I love him so much because he's hilarious. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I started using, I don't know if this is necessarily like downhill slang, but I use doomage, like everything for him that's super steep or on oh, some stairs. He's like, one. this is some doomage. And I'm just like, <laughs> I <yes>. like that. <laughs> doomage. We should I like take it. that one. Yeah. I Let's like get it. some doomage. Oh, that's hilarious. That's good. Um, that's good. All right. So that's some funny kind of lingo, I guess you guys can think about. If someone says mm -hmm. send it, that means just go for it. But but we're another just one saying, you're like, going to hear careful. a lot. Another, I feel like the the big thing now. This is like, you don't know what to say. Someone's flying by you. They're looking epic. It's just you. Just y e e w. That's just the noise. That's the universal noise of like you're killing it. You're doing awesome, and I support you. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah. when you're like at a park and you hear that off in the distance, mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, somebody's doing really good over there. <laughs> Exactly. That's like the universal like trail call of like, wow, she's like big over there. Someone is sending it over there. You know what? I think that's awesome because my wife makes fun of me when I do that. And I'm glad she thinks it's like cringeworthy, but I just do it because it makes me happy. I'm just like, oh, oh I God, love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the stoke. I love when I see people. Oh, stoke. I guess maybe that's another, I don't know. Here yeah. I am sounding like I'm just this like mm -hmm. surfer bro dude or whatever, but like, yeah, you're stoked, whatever, you know, it's like, you want to, you want to support that vibe. You see someone killing it. You don't want to just be like, you're doing a good job. I feel like yeah. you just sums it up. <laughs> that's yeah. true. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Um, the thing that I really want to know the origin of is Dead Sailor. Like, I didn't know that was a, a good one. That is yeah, a good like, one. Where did that originate? 
Because what is a good one? I'll admit, I've been guilty of dead sailoring on many occasions. Okay. Uh, Maybe when you're in in the air and you're just like so stiff and it's like you're not really controlling the bike, you're just kind of there. Maybe we can add a video to this if we like if we get to that point, we can kind of add a little clip like Brit and I can find a good clip. Um, Dead sailor is it's usually something of when you're going off a big jump, a table where you're in passenger mode and either you just send it Uh, a little bit too deep or heavy or hard, but you're kind of just you're not in control of the bike. (laughs) You're just doing this arch of like, ooh, and and you just land not in control of any of it. It has a very Mm -hmm. distinct look to it and you kind of know when you get like launched into a dead sailor it's like oh here we go i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. try to try to recoup this but i would love to know the origin of that too right that's a great one i feel like (laughs) all right we need to to we need to investigate that yeah that's a good one we'll go in the in the google machine um (laughs) okay so we're getting comfortable at the park right getting ready to go down what are some common features say on a subjective green trail and we all know it's very subjective. But what are some features you guys would see on like a green trail? I think for a green trail, it's very common. You might not see drops, uh, but you're going to see at least like pretty big rock rolls at times. Um, and also okay. small rock rolls. Um, usually there might be some small tables, small jumps, stuff that you do not have to actually get your wheels off the ground unless you really want to. Stuff that you can absolutely roll with no problem. Um, and maybe like some smaller berms. I would say those are pretty common beginner kind of green level features. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I do you see out there, sure. No, I agree for sure. And I think, again, it's important to reiterate that a green at one park is not comparable to a green at any other park, whether that's, um, you know, a, your or your local trails. Like a green is relative to just that, right. that place. But Relatively speaking, I think exactly what Britt said is is perfect. It's um, everything should be rollable, meaning that you don't have to, your tires don't have to leave the ground in order for you to be successful on it or to safely ride through it. Anything that is rollable means you can ride with two tires on the ground through it. Cool. So I think everything should fall in line with that. Everything else is kind of a little, just depending on where you are. The terrain might get a little bumpy, a little rocky. There might be some corners or some berms. Um, I know that at Mountain Creek, some of their green trails at the top, their jump lines are some of the most fun that I have. I could ride there all day. And mm-hmm. you can case them all day and still have fun. And you can clear them and have it, have just a great time too. So you might encounter some maybe tables or things that might look big. Um but what I've found is that there's usually like a roll around or like a, a beeline, so to say, which is yeah, you that's... don't have to just go that way. There are safe ways down. Yeah, that's a good one. Like the beeline that pe- so for people to know that beeline would be your way around or mm-hmm. a different way for you to go down it. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Becca, I don't you're you're freezing a little bit, but it's okay. I have very hopeful that when we finish doing this, it's gonna look better. <laughs> But everything's looking great though. Everything, the sound is great. Um, <laughs> and so, and and again, thank you for pointing that out in regards to, it is subjective, like we said in our last uh, series of this part two, that every park is completely different. And even though you're comfortable with the blue in one, it's like a block for someone else. And I have so, been victim to that. With I that, have fallen victim to that. So yes. Yeah. So with that said, um, 
what would be some features we could find in more of like the higher blues, blacks areas that you guys have seen like at your parks? In my experience, blue trails are usually all, they're all going to have some kind of jump element usually, but they're going to get bigger. So a blue trail, the tables might be longer. The lips might be more kicky or more poppy. Um, sometimes wooden features, depending on where you are in the country. Um, we have a pretty good bit of wooden features, like as far as drops and stuff. Um, you might see rock drops. Yeah. Um, berms might be bigger. There might be more of them. They might be tighter. The trails in general might be steeper. So it's mm -hmm. like taking everything a green trail offers and just kind of kicking it up a little. Um, okay. But at the parks I ride at, I, I mostly, like, I love blue trails. That's, like, where I just have the most fun. Um, mm -hmm. I can do black trails at most parks, but, like, I don't have as much fun. Um, okay. But in my experience, the blue trails usually will all have a ride around. So if there's a feature that you're not comfortable with, you can still go do that trail at a lot of places and just do all the ride arounds or the beelines. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of what I've seen as far as blues. Yeah, it's all about having fun, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly spot on. I think it's all relative again to that park specifically. So it's kind of like, what did that green feel like at that park? So how did you feel on that green? Did it feel really, really fast and loose and, and kind of which way or the other? expect whatever you encounter there to just be escalated right so right. i would say definitely um looking back at that trail matrix is it marked as a flow trail or is it marked as a tech trail if they do have the different kind of um symbols for that not every park has a difference of symbols between flow and tech but if they do have an idea okay this one i'm going to encounter more man-made features maybe bigger jumps bigger berms Right. Um, steeper right. terrain versus tech, more natural rock rolls, rocky kind of natural descents. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely ex expect it to bump up a level. And I think it's also um, important to say that when you're graduating between a blue or a green to a blue to a black, there's kind of the like, is this like a light teal blue green or is this mm -hmm. more of like a blue black? Like where uh, is the this shades. fall in the shade of yeah. it? And I know yeah. that at Mountain Creek, they have a great list of like where to progress. Okay. This is, this is our suggestion of trail progression. Um, ask, ask someone at the park. Sometimes they do have trail crew people on the trails at blue mountain now by me they have people that are kind of always manning the trails that are there to help direct you like oh i've ridden this what should i try next so don't hesitate yeah, yeah. to ask if you're not sure like okay there's like 10 blue trails what should i hit first because which one is more baby Easiest. blue versus blue black Something yeah. you hit all of them you hit yeah. all of them and then you find the one you have the most fun on exactly yeah. and another exactly. thing with like blue trails especially I said a lot of times there's going to be a ride around. Once you start getting to black trails, you might not have ride arounds anymore. You might have mm -hmm. mandatory features. Um, I mean, even on some blue trails, you might have some doubles and stuff where you need to be what, comfortable. Okay. So break that down. What is a double for people who don't know like me? Yep. Yeah. So instead of just doing one jump, you know, let's say there's a jump on a green trail and you can just roll it or you can jump it, clear it, get some air. Uh, once you start getting into double territory, that's where you're going to have two back to back. And so in between them, the trail is going to dip down. So you can roll them. But if you are trying to get air and you're not aware a double is coming, 
you have to be able to clear the second one or you're probably going to crash somehow in between the two because you're not going to get to the landing. Or you're going to have a really nasty case and casing a feature is when your rear tire kind of slams into whatever you're trying to make it over. So casing it is like, and that may lead to a crash. Doubles kind of have this visual intimidation aspect to it for me anyway. And there's kind of like a running, I don't know, joke among some mountain bikers of like, they can hit all the biggest tables in the world. But the second you approach a double, it just is visually kind of Mm -hmm. scarier. Um, so take that in, take that in consideration. That's why it's always so important to do that pre-ride, re-ride, pre-ride. If it's a new trail, it might be marked as a blue. Are they all doubles? Yeah. Yeah. Big gap jumps. What are you going to expect? Just pull it. You know, if there's a big, scary burn, I mean, do you have to hit it or can you just ride kind of through it? So ride through it. Ride through it. I don't know. The first time I did this little line at the, the baby bike park in Sedona, there is a section where it kind of goes down into a table. The first time I did it, I I was like pissing my pants. I'm going to mute this out. Like, <laughs> because the lip is kind of, it, it, there's like a little bit of a lip to it, but I'm so scared of falling when I jump. It's something I'm working on that I went and I just got a little air, but I landed on the, on the table and I was like, Oh my God, I did that. So I just kept practicing that over and over to get more comfortable with it. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Like yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. to your comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well talking about that then. So how would you recommend someone who wants to just do sessioning, right? Like Sessioning is basically when you want to do the same feature over and over again to get better at it, to either to do different lines, see how your braking is doing, et cetera. At least that's what I do when I do sessioning. Mm -hmm. But, and we did talk about trail etiquette in the past episode um, for part part, part two. So go back and listen to that. I'm going to have a thing up here. Um, But in terms of trail etiquette for sessioning, like, what do you guys recommend for that? Because, like, for me as a newbie, I want to go and session things, right? But I also don't want to, like, get run over or have someone crash on me or into me or whatever as they're coming down. So what do you guys recommend with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the last thing you want is to end up being in somebody's way on a one-directional downhill trail. Um, yeah. Especially when cause you have to think about if there's jumps, especially if you choose to go back up the trail, you could be on the backside of a jump and someone has no way to see that you were there. They can't hear you. They can't see you. They're going so fast. And then that's a really bad scenario. Um, mm-hmm. I usually don't session things. Um, and if I do, it's at parks where there's like an intersection or there's like a fire road or some kind of a road that I can kind of take from one trail intersection, maybe back up a little ways to get to Mm -hmm. a higher up intersection. So I can just do little loops, you know, in one particular part of the park. Um, When I prepare for races, I go out with big groups of women and we do session stuff, but we are very, very conscious. Like we have somebody standing up higher on the trail somebody standing down lower on the trail, we are yelling, communicating, you know, like I'm I'm dropping in, um, you know, like riders back, like if we can see people up the mountain. um, The big thing is if you do choose to do that, don't ever ride your bike up. (laughs) I mean, it's a downhill park, so you obviously won't want to do that anyway. Um, But just be very aware of your surroundings. Um, And if you hear anything at all, just get out of the way as fast as you can, because they come down fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's pretty messed up. Yeah. No, I agree completely. And I think it's kind of think about the area of, of what you're choosing to session. Like, like Britt was saying, there might be the most fun feature that you want to write over and over and over again. But if it's really difficult to access, you're not only putting yourself in, in, at danger and risk, you're putting other riders at risk. So usually for very sessionable, sessionable, is that a word? Well, it is today. <laughs> Sections of the trail that you want to session over and over. Um, there's usually a pretty worn area on the sides where there's like a push back up. And you're going to find that it's in an area that's not super, super, super steep where like gravity is just truly taking you all the way down. But yeah. regardless of that, you still need to be very aware of when you're dropping in. Is there someone coming full, full send, full go behind you? Because you're, you're now starting from a stopped pace. Is someone coming yeah. behind you? So situational yeah. awareness is always the most important aspect. If you're wanting to session something, find a way to do it safely, pull off to the side to kind of scope it out or scout it out. Don't just stop in the middle of the trail if there's people behind you, because that could just create a horrible traffic jam. And again, push yeah, it back that's up. true. Don't, you might not see anyone coming and be pushing back up the middle of a jump or a trail or whatever. They come yeah. fast. So stay off the middle of the trail. Absolutely. But sessioning is a great and, way. Sessioning is a, a great way to learn a great way to practice. And mm -hmm. don't, don't do it by yourself, I guess is what I'm yeah. learning too, right? Like, don't, yep. like Britt was saying, like, if you're, if you're practicing for a race and there's a few of you awesome, cause you can communicate one can be up top mm -hmm. at the bottom, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do not do that by yourself, kids, unless you're at like a bike park that no one goes to, I would say. And or again, something that you're just, you know, you, you've hit so many times you're familiar with it. You've reached that point. But yeah, when it comes down to, oh, that was really cool. I think I really want to ride that again. What's the safest way to approach that feature when you're off your bike? Think about it nope. like that. And so um, let's go back real quick because we've been talking about feature names or, you know, sections. And I don't know if a lot of people know what they are. You did talk about doubles a second ago. You guys explained what that is. But for tables, it's really literally like a lip jump. There's a table. And mm -hmm. then it goes back on the other mm -hmm. side, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the best way to explain it. And how would you explain like a gap jump? I mean, literally it's in the name, right? But the lips aren't as big. Is that right? Like the little. Um, I mean, it can kind of depend. Like I did, I rode at Rock Creek recently and did a race and they had a gap. Um, and I did not hit it because I was not comfortable. Um, sometimes it can have like a bigger lip so you can feel more confident that you're going to get enough air to clear it. This one mm -hmm. was more like a drop gap. Um, so oh, there wasn't really a lip. You had to really carry a ton of speed in order to clear yeah. it. Um, so it just kind of depends on how, you know, that particular feature is set up, but a yeah. gap is kind of, as it implies, there is yeah. a gap between right. point A and your point B landing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the biggest difference between a gap and say like a double is that a double is still rollable, whereas a gap mm -hmm. I don't want to assume is necessarily rollable. Um, right. Even if you're approaching it at a very chill speed, I would not approach a gap feature no matter how, even if it were on a green trail. I know that Mountain Creek has kind of something like a gap jump that's on a green trail. You don't want to approach that like you're trying to roll it. It's still... right. Because another, right? I think you know what I'm. You'll know which one I'm talking about at Rock Creek. They still have whether they call it a, a gap or a cannonball. 
the other term that sometimes they call these big wooden features that launch you is a boner log. And yes. that is, no. and We're you know what I'm talking about. One. Yeah. You know what, you know what I'm talking about at Rock Creek. Like it, it just, it's, it is basically like a ramp, like, a, but sometimes that can be like, oh yeah, you just gap it. So it, some of these things can be interchangeable. So if you hear things kind of in that, in that variable, it's, it doesn't mean that you can roll it. Um, right. So approach those with a bit of caution if you're not certain about what's coming up because you don't know where the landing is. How far is it? What are you landing into? Yeah. Is there an immediate turn right after that? Does it go into a berm? Whatever. So gaps. Yeah, yeah. Cannonballs, boner logs, they're all typically <laughs> not rollable. But right. I hate to say it, it really is a very common term <gasps> out in the yeah. East Coast. It really is. <laughs> I mean, fair. Whatever. I mean, yeah. it is what it is at this point. Um, okay, so I wanted to cover just a couple other things for this part of it. And this next question for y'all is is probably going to entice a lot of feelings in a lot of people. And it's probably something that, like I said earlier, we could do an entire like hour long podcast on. Focus. And I'm talking about clipless or flats. Now, I ride flats now. I used to ride clipless, but I was never super comfortable in tech riding clipless. Um, so I switched to flats. So now I just ride flats. But I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she dead in the face looked at me and she's like, how do you not have a complete fear of losing control of your bike on flats? And I'm like, I don't, I just, that's just how I am. And she's like, I would die if I was on flats at a bike park. I could not securely jump if I was on flats. And I found that mm -hmm. really I interesting. Got there, but okay, I'm going to so, so, <laughs> When it comes to a bike park setting, Britt, what do you use? I'm going to throw a wrench into this question. Oh, I know that. Oh, no, no, I know this. Thanks. Yeah, I, I use magpeds. I love That's them. Right. Like, shout out forever. Cannot live without them. Um, I've been riding for like 10 years. I did like seven years clipped in. Um, okay. I mostly did SPDs or Crank Brothers. Okay. I thought I loved it. Once I started doing more downhill, then I actually just completely switched to flats because mm. I was like, you know, I want to be able to put a foot down more comfortably, more easily. Um, yes. I don't want to think about what happens when I crash. But I don't like feeling not attached to my bike while I jump. Um, I slipped pedals a lot mm. in the air, and that gave mm -hmm. me a giant fear of jumping for a minute. And jumping's like my favorite thing in the world. So I found magnetic pedals, which are the best of both worlds for me, at least. Um, it keeps me attached through chatter, through chunk, through jumps. Um, and if I do crack or <sighs> need to put a foot down, it's a lot easier than clipless. I'm See, gonna I, say, I need to try those. I'm gonna say that to we're gonna need we're gonna need a review of this. Like she did very, one. Good. Okay. Good. Good. So, so then let's then let's go back and review this because this is a perfect yes like conversation back in there because I know that I've done my review of pedals too. So this is a perfect talking point to to like investigate this further because that's that that is very valuable insight definitely mm -hmm. yeah. and they're still pretty yeah. new a lot of people see them and they're like what are those <laughs> like yeah you, what are, how do you attach it's there's a magnet on the bottom of your shear that it just attaches to the pedal so it's i'm gonna yeah, the mechanism is clipless i'm gonna add the link here for y'all to go and see the review that Britt did she did like a, both a video review for us and and a um a written review that's on the site so we can add that to this as well 
Uh, Becca, I know you ride flats. Would you go clipless? I would go. So for my situation, I have ridden clipless, which I hate the name of it. Clipton is whatever. Mm -hmm. but whatever. Yeah, you're right. Your feet are Clipton. attached to the pedal, whatever. There you I go. I have ridden those for a very long time um, at my local trails. Once I started to ride downhill, I've been riding flats, platform, whichever you want to say. And I've had a very positive experience on that. I find that there is a lot of benefit to being clipped in. It, it enhanced my riding a ton in my local trails. I think it would enhance my riding a ton at downhill. However, there is kind of like a big, it's a big jump. If we're just going from flats to clipless clipped in, foot attached to the pedal, you don't have yeah. that quick, easy, put your foot down. So for me, since I'm still in this ACL recovery, there's some information out there that full clipless clipped in can kind of add a little bit of, um, trauma, not trauma, but whatever tension to the knee. Like strain. Yeah. When yeah. you're unclipping. So I probably will not ever go fully, fully clipped in. I have found that a lot of people, um, that I know personally that are in the racing scene, it has changed the game for them once they started to ride clipped in. So I think it just kind of depends on your comfort level. Like, what are you yeah. comfortable with out there? I don't think I would be comfortable being clipped in myself, but it, it that also being said, jumping, you should know how to jump on platforms. You will learn the best, you will learn the best principles of how to jump if you learn how to jump in platforms. Because the See, inadvertent thing is that clips, clips, clipless, whatever can help you jump and that's great like mm -hmm. i'm all for extra resources but you should should still know the <laughs> principles of how to jump in flats before you just go to clipless yeah that's my perhaps thoughts. we need to have someone like uh emma or like a coach come talk to mm -hmm. us about it because yes, like Brit Brit was saying yep. like Britt was saying i think for me I really want to start to get more comfortable doing jumps but like you i also had slips on the pedals and it just lowers your confidence mm -hmm. like all the mm -hmm. way down. But, and yeah. Becca, you're right. Where, you know, I always have Jess Hanna in the back of my head when she told us how to, the science and the gravity of putting your foot down on the pedals. And so I, mm -hmm. I've been practicing that as well. But um, I don't know, dude, maybe next year I'll do the mag pads. I'm not sure. I'm They're a little very, pricey. Yeah, I'm very interested yeah. to try them. I got because... a discount code y'all can use. All right. <laughs> yes. Because I, I actually really would love to try those because I think I would be right in line with benefiting yeah. from that. Because be, like foot slips do happen even when you do oh, learn yeah. how to jump successfully. Mm -hmm. Even 100%. when you do learn, like it's it's not uncommon to get kind of bumbled around and then you realize your feet are not like this, one's like this. And so you're like, well, mm -hmm. yep. this is how I'm riding on the yep. platform the rest of the time because I can't reposition. So yeah. that's definitely a new a new aspect. It's a new, you know, something to think yeah. about. Well, my discount code is in that article and video that That's we right. will be That's linking awesome. back to this. That's awesome. We're <laughs> linking. Look up on the corner or in the uh, description. <laughs> We're going to put that on there for you guys. Um, all right. So I think we could kind of let it go for here tonight in terms of getting comfortable at the park, talking about features and uh, some of the basic terminology. You know, one thing I will say um, and you guys can attest to this more than me for now, is that your body will be very tired and mm -hmm. sore after your first session at the bike park, mm -hmm. right? Like you guys get that too, right? Yep. The forearm yep. pump is real. The forearm pump, 
Yeah, that's when I know I've I'm getting tired from a big day at a park, just from the steep position you're in, your forearms, all that weight and breaking. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, um, well, I agree. Are- I agree completely with that. Like, just be ready. Like, it, it's gravity assisted. Yes, gravity is getting you there, and you might not be pedaling. You're still going to be short of breath. You're still going to be winded. You're going to yeah. be like cruising down there and be like, "What did I just do?" And and that still happens to me. That still happens to me. And the next day, you're going to wake up and be like, "I'm sore." Like, what did I do? I didn't pedal. I didn't lift. I didn't do whatever. You're going to be sore. It takes yeah. a lot of work to keep your bike engaged safely and effectively yeah. on the mountain. So you will That's be surprised. True. Definitely. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, ladies. Well, thank you again for joining tonight and talking to us about part three here of Bike Park Basics. Um, the next time we're going to we're gonna get into a little bit more advanced topics. So stick around and, and uh, we'll have that out in the next couple of weeks. But for now, thank you both. Have an amazing night. And uh, we'll talk soon. Go ride your bike. Yeah, go ride your bike. Thank you. See you guys. Send it.